0: Hello, I'm Morgan Vincent. Welcome to Let God Speak. One of the great paradoxes of Christianity is how we can sing and praise God amid suffering and death. How could the martyrs sing hymns while they were perishing in the flames? Praising God in the crucible of suffering is possible when we live a continuous, not occasional life of praise. Today we are going to discuss praise for God and how it is a powerful spiritual weapon when we are in difficult circumstances. Take your Bibles as we see how praise will not only transform us, but also witness to those around us. On our panel today, we have Alan Fisher and Rosemary Malkovich. Welcome to both of you. Hello. Before we start, let's begin with a word of prayer. Father in heaven, we thank you for this opportunity to have this discussion. And as we open our Bibles to our viewers and us here, we pray that your Holy Spirit would lead and guide us into all truth. And we pray that we would be changed because of the discussion and the time we have had uh, today. In Jesus name. Amen. Amen. Well, let's begin. And before we go any further, I want to read from the Bible and one particular passage that Paul wrote. And it's in Philippians chapter four. And I'm going to read from verses four to seven. And Paul says in the Bible, in verse four, rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I say rejoice. Let your gentleness be known to all men. The Lord is at hand. And then he goes on and he says, be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. And so Rosemary, here in verse four, it says to rejoice in the Lord always. But then he goes on and says, and again, I say rejoice. Was this a theory from Paul's life that just came to him? Or was it because he was speaking from perhaps a personal experience of hardship?
1: Uh, he was definitely talking from experience of hardship, not from having a life of ease, mm-hmm. which uh, I suppose we all wish we could have. But let me read from 2 Corinthians eleven twenty-four to 27, where he enumerates on some of the things that had happened in his Christian life. From the Jews, five times I received 40 stripes minus one, or in other words, not 39, because mm. they believed someone would die if they got the 40th. Three times I was beaten with rods, once I was stoned, three times I was shipwrecked. A night and a day I have been in the deep, in journeyings often, in perils of waters, in perils of robbers, in perils of my own countrymen, in perils of the Gentiles, in perils in the city, in perils in the wilderness, in perils in the sea, in perils among false brethren, in weariness and toil, in sleeplessness often. In hunger and thirst, in fastings, often, in cold and nakedness, I mean that mm. is some list he was wow, he was jailed in Rome at the time he wrote this, um, and he had previously he says there he 's been shipwrecked three times, there was another time to come that he was shipwrecked, so that 's four shipwrecks. this is quite a list, mm. and he was. Um, speaking from experience of being through amazing ex- trials and terrible things, and yet being able to rejoice in God um, through all of that.
0: Mm. No, I think w- those key words that he mentions—you know, peril kept coming through again mm. and again. That's anything but a life of ease. And, you know, why do <laughs> we think Paul says to rejoice in the Lord always, Alan? Why the use of the word always?
2: Well, there's two reasons for this. One is that we have to learn to um, rejoice when the circumstances don't seem to give us any reason to rejoice. Mm. And the other is we have to learn to rejoice even when we don't feel like it. We have to Mm. make rejoicing, praising a habit of Mm. life. Mm.
0: A habit. I I like that word there. And, you know, why, why was Paul able to praise God while under the most difficult of circumstances, Rosemary?
1: I think that this shows the reality of his experience on the Damascus road with Jesus mm-hmm. Christ. This wasn't some theory, something mm-hmm. he had heard about. He had been a, a persecutor of followers of Christ. He hated mm-hmm. Christ and he met Christ on that road and his life was completely changed. Mm-hmm. And through that faith, he was willing to suffer for Christ um, He knew the devil was trying to silence his witness in many ways and bringing different persecutions upon him. But through each one, he used it as a time to not only praise God, but to encourage other people. He knew he was safe in God's hands Mm -hmm. and he knew that he was going to spend eternity with God. It wasn't just a head knowledge. It was a personal experience. And let's look at Romans. Chapter 8, verses 38 and 39. He knew this for himself. For I am persuaded that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other created thing or creature, it says in King James, shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus. He knew that love Mm. for himself.
0: Mm. And that's that's pivotal to this. And we now want to look at the word rejoice that that Paul uses. And it's the Greek word Cairo, which literally means to enjoy a state of happiness and well-being. And what did Paul actually do when he rejoiced and praised God, Alan?
2: Uh, Well, we have an example of that in Acts 16. We'll read verses 22 to 25. You remember, this was the time when they were Philippi and they were thrown into prison And then the multitude rose up together against them, and the magistrates tore off their clothes and commanded them to be beaten with rods. And when they had laid many stripes on them, they threw them into prison, commanding the jailer to keep them securely. Having received such a charge, he put them into the inner prison and fastened their feet in the stocks. But at midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God, and the prisoners were listening to them. So this was a um, pretty serious situation. This was real Mm. persecution and suffering. They've been arrested and falsely accused and beaten, which would have been very painful. And um, it says it was at midnight, so they must have been still awake, so they're Mm. missing out on their sleep. And they could have had every reason, you know, to be saying, why is this all happening to me? Why does God allow it? Mm. But instead they're... They're singing, so it shows that the circumstances, as we said, weren't anything to cause praise, so it indicates that praise must have become a habit for them. That's what they did, singing.
0: Mm. Praising God. Mm. Wow, it's 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 an incredible thought to, to try and picture that that scene. And you know, what was the outcome then of Paul and Silas as they were singing praises to God? What was the outcome from that gloomy dungeon there?
1: Well, God performed miracles. I mean, I just think of the fact that it says there that they were beaten with rods, which I had read before in 2 Corinthians. Mm. Three times he was beaten with rods. Rods would break bones, surely. Mm -hmm. It's not just some whip or something. It would break bones. But here they are in the prison singing praise to God, singing scripture songs to God. And the other prisoners are listening to them as they pray and sing. I mean, it's a miracle that they're able even to do that after having that beating. But let me read um, verses 26 and 27. Suddenly there was a great earthquake so that the foundations of the prison were shaken and immediately all the doors were opened and everyone's chains were loosed. And the keeper of the prison, awaking from his sleep, and seeing the prison doors open, supposing the prisoners had fled, drew his sword and was about to kill himself. Now, this is the keeper of the prison. Mm. He wakes up with this earthquake, sees all the doors open, figures all the, the prisoners have escaped, and he's going to be killed a merciless death as a, as a prison guard for letting the prisoners escape. So it's better for him to kill himself quickly mm. than to suffer what's going to come to him. Um, fortunately, Paul calls out and says, don't kill yourself. We're all here alive. Um, Nobody has run away. That's what we read in verses 30 to 33. And he brought them out and, and well, he, uh, previous to that. But then it says there that the, uh, the jailer brought them out and said, sirs, what must I do to be saved? I mean, he had seen a miracle. Why didn't the prisoners flee? All their chains were fallen off. They didn't go. He'd heard, you know, um, what was going on. So they said, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and you shall be saved, you and your household. Then they spoke the word of the Lord to him and to all who were in his house. And he took them the same hour of the night and washed their stripes. And immediately he and all his family were baptized. This is a miracle conversion through their praise. Mm. Because of their praise, God could work. And I don't know what happened in the lives of the other prisoners, but they were listening. It says so. And the jailer and his household were saved because of this situation. Them being beaten, put in the jail, in stocks, them singing praises to God, the earthquake. A whole family, a whole Hmm. household was saved.
0: Hmm. Wow. And going on, Alan, why why do you think the prisoners didn't run away?
2: Uh, Well, this was
0: something out of the ordinary.
1: Mm.
2: Yeah, They'd never seen a thing like this before. It says here in verse 26 that their chains fell off. Well, that mm. doesn't normally happen of its own accord. <laughs> no. And so the prisoners, they knew what Paul and Silas were like. They'd heard them singing and praising God, and they knew that this was... Work of God. Mm. I'd say they were
0: too scared to run away. They were too much in awe. <laughs> mm. <laughs> yeah, captured by by the awe of the situation. And let's turn back now to to the Old Testament, and we're going to look at another example of praise, specifically the conquest of Jericho. And I'm going to read from Numbers chapter 22 and verse one. And the Bible says, "Then the children of Israel moved." and camped in the plains of Moab on the side of the Jordan across from Jericho. Rosemary, why was the conquest of Jericho so significant?
1: Well, Jericho was a, a very ancient city. It was one of the first cities. And it was very strongly fortified with high walls and it was impenetrable. Um, and they were camped there um, just a few kilometres from it on the other side of the Jordan. And they had sent the spies there, the spies had come back with um, news from uh, Rahab, you know, with help from Rahab. And let me read it to you there in uh, Joshua 2 verse 1, Now Joshua, the son of Nun, sent out two men from Acacia Grove, where they were, to spy secretly, saying, Go view the land, especially Jericho. Um, so they went and came to the house of a harlot named Rahab and lodged there. So Rahab looked after them and helped them and helped them get away um, because their lives were threatened. And to defeat Jericho was humanly impossible because it was such a, a mighty city with this mighty wall. And the only way that it could be, um, no, that they could gain entrance was through an act of God. Mm. If they didn't win this city, then all the Canaanites would know that they could be vanquished Mm. and they would also fall to discouragement. But with God's help, they would make it, but they had to be obedient and do exactly what God said. So it was a test of faith.
0: Mm. Wow, what a test it was. So they headed to Jericho and then God parts the Jordan River for them to pass over. And so a mighty miracle would certainly have strengthened their faith. And, And Alan, how were they to defeat Jericho then?
2: Well, the people in Jericho naturally had done everything they could to lock themselves up and shut their city up so no one could get in. And so God gave them a plan of what they were to do. But this plan really made no sense from Mm -hmm. a military point of view. We'll read it here in Joshua 6, 2 and 5. And the Lord said to Jericho, see, I have given... Sorry, the Lord said to Joshua, see, I have given Jericho into your hands, its king and the mighty men of valour. You shall march around the city, all you men of war. You shall go all around the city once. This you shall do six days, and seven priests shall bear seven trumpets of ram's horns before the ark. But the seventh day you shall march around the city seven times, and the priests shall blow the trumpets. It shall come to pass when they make a long blast with the ram's horn, and when you hear the sound of the trumpet, that all the people shall shout with a great shout, then the wall of the city will fall down flat, and the people shall go up every man straight before him. And so, humanly speaking, this didn't seem to make sense. It seems mm. ridiculous. But the Israelites' job was to just trust God and exactly
0: do what he said. Mm. Verse five says, as you said there, when, when they hear the sound of the trumpet, all the people shall shout with a great shout. What do you think God would have asked them to shout? Rosemary?
1: Why would he ask them to shout? Well, let's look at Joshua 610, because this is very important. It says, now Joshua had commanded the people saying, you shall not shout or make any noise with your voice. Nor shall a word proceed out of your mouth until the day I say to you, shout, then you shall shout. Mm. So for six days, they marched around in complete silence, just one time each day. And I can imagine the people in the city the first time saying, what are they doing? And then they go back. Oh, and then the second day they come back. Oh, what's going on? They're back again. And then they walk off. And Mm. the third day and the fourth day and the, the people in the city are getting more and more worried. What is going on? But on the seventh day, they march once around, but then they keep on going. Now, the people in the city must have been getting really terrified. What is going on? They're Mm -hmm. going around more than once. At first, I got used to it just once. Now they're going six, seven times. Then they shouted
2: Mm.
1: and the walls came down. I mean the people in the city must have been wondering what was going on but let's just go to hebrews chapter 11 and verse 30 because there's something in here for us to read hebrews 11:30 says by faith the walls of jericho fell down after they were encircled for 7 days they were being obedient to god and because they were being obedient and not not even making a sound with their voices except the tramping of their feet and maybe jangling of some mm-hmm. uh, some weapons Because they did exactly what God said to do, when they were told to shout, they knew God was going to act. Mm. They were told the walls would come down. It was an act of faith. It was a shout of praise, a shout of victory that God was going to give them this city. They weren't doing it. Mm. It was God. It was God's tactics. And God was going to make the wall fall down
0: Mm. because they
1: were faithful and obedient.
0: And over and over and again, we're seeing this. It's it's an act of God. It's God intervention. It's... It's God doing these incredible Mm. things and and humanity's response in in faith. What lessons are there then for us today, Alan, when we look at this story of the conquest in Jericho?
2: Well, we're told that all these things were written for our learning. Mm. And sometimes when God wants to get our attention, to change our course of action, to do something new, he might have to bring us to, we could say, a proverbial Jericho (laughs) a problem that's like Jericho was, too great a thing for them to solve on their own strength, too great for us to solve on our own strength. And we might have to um, take time to just reflect on what God can do for us and what he wants to do for us. And it may be that God will force us to take some time to do this by suffering. But we have to focus on what God wants us to do, what his requirements are as laid out in the Bible, and then we're to trust God and to praise Him. Mm. And when we do that, this makes us joyful and full of praise. We read in, in um, the Psalms, Psalms thirty two eleven, Be glad in the Lord and rejoice, you righteous, and shout for joy, all you upright in heart. Mm. So yeah, that's what we have to do.
0: No, thanks, Alan. And, and we're going to look at another example of how praise to God resulted in, you know, deliverance from the enemy. And this event was about 530 years after the conquest of Jericho. And I'm going to read from Second Chronicles, chapter 20, in verses 1 and 2. And the Bible says, It happened after this, that the people of Moab, with the people of Ammon, and others with them besides the Ammonites, came to battle against Jehoshaphat. Then some came and told Jehoshaphat, saying, A great multitude is coming against you from beyond the sea, from Syria, and they are in Hazazon Tamar, which is Engedi. And Jehoshaphat, he was the fourth king of Judah. And Rosemary, what was Jehoshaphat's response to this invasion that was heading their way?
1: I must say, this is one of my most favorite stories in the whole Bible mm. because of the faith that was exhibited by Jehoshaphat. It says in verse three of uh, Second Chronicles 20, and Je- Jehoshaphat feared and set himself to seek the Lord and proclaimed a fast through all Judah. So the first thing he did was, I've got to go to God. Mm. I've got to inquire of God what to do. And he proclaimed a fast while they went to God. Verse four says, And so Judah gathered together to ask help from the Lord and from all the cities of Judah, they came to seek the Lord. So people came unitedly from all over the, the country to find out what God one of them to do and to seek God's help mm. in this terrible crisis. The king calling them and they all came. Verse five, then Jehoshaphat stood in the assembly of Judah and Jerusalem in the house of the Lord before the new court. He, he went with all the people to the temple to pray to God for help. Mm. And this is the same sort of thing that we need to do whenever we have a problem. first thing we should do is turn to God.
0: Mm. God's answer to this prayer was immediate. And I'll I'll read on in verses 14 to 17 of the same chapter. And the Bible says, Then the Spirit of the Lord came upon Jehaziel, the son of Zechariah, the son of Benaniah, the son of Jael, the son of Mataniah and Levite, of the sons of Asaph in the midst of the assembly. And he said, Listen, all you Judah and you inhabitants of Jerusalem, and you King Jehoshaphat. Thus says the Lord to you, do not be afraid or dismayed because of this great multitude, for the battle is not yours, but God's. You know, what words of encouragement for Mm. us today. Mm. And verse 16 says, tomorrow, go down against them. They will surely come up by the ascent of Ziz, and you will find them at the end of the brook before the wilderness of Jeril verse 17 says you will not need to fight in this battle position yourselves stand still and see the salvation of the Lord who is with you O Judah and Jerusalem do not fear or be dismayed tomorrow go out against them for the Lord is with you wow God promises here that he will take care of things God will will take responsibility and so, Alan, Jehoshaphat and the people, they didn't have to do anything. So how did they respond then?
2: Well, we read here in verse 19, Then the Levites of the children of the Kohathites and of the children of the Korahites stood up to praise the Lord God of Israel with voices loud and high. Mm. So what they did was the first thing they had was a praise service, mm. public singing to God for his praise his promise of deliverance. They praised God for what he was going to do even mm. before he'd done yes. it. Mm. So this was showing real faith in God's mm. promise. Mm. Rosemary, then
0: what were they to do?
1: Okay, verses 20 and uh, 21. So they rose early in the morning and went out into the wilderness of Tekoa. And as they went out, Jehoshaphat stood and said, Hear me, O Judah, and you inhabitants of, Ju- at Ju- of Jerusalem. Believe in the Lord your God, and you shall be established, believe his prophets and you shall prosper. And when he had consulted with the people, he appointed those who should sing to the Lord and who should praise the beauty of holiness as they went out before the army and were saying, praise the Lord for his mercy endures forever. He took the singers and put mm-hmm. them in the forefront of what could be a battle. He put them in front of the army. They led the way praising the mercy and the, the goodness of God as they went. That's not what you do. Mm. But because they believed what God said and he said, believe his prophets, believe God's word, showing his faith, he put the singers out in front mm. and faith, they went to battle.
0: Faith has been a key word and, and um Reality that we've been speaking about. And I'm going to read now from Hebrews chapter 11, verses uh, 1. It says here, Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. And we've seen this in, in the examples we've spoken about already. And so their actions showed that they did believe God would in fact deliver them. And they only had to hold on to these words that God was saying. Alan, at what point did God take action?
2: Well, we read in verse 22, Now when they began to sing and to praise, the Lord set ambushes against the people of Ammon, Moab, and Mount Seir, who had come against Judah, and they were defeated. So it was when they started to sing, when they were praising God in the face of the enemy, and when they were showing their total faith in God, that God um, intervened and caused these enemies to be defeated, and as it says, they helped the inhabitants, helped to destroy one another. They all fought among themselves. Mm. And
1: it's a similar thing when it was the with Jericho as well. After they had done everything God told them to do and they shouted, God brought the walls down. He mm. didn't bring them down before. It was when they had done what he had said, like Jehoshaphat did.
0: Mm. So, Rosemary, for us today, what lessons can we learn from, from this story?
1: Um, one of the, the things I think of, it was in, our, um, in something I read and it said, praise needs to become the very atmosphere we live in. Mm. We must in every situation, whether it's good times when we don't tend to praise God or when it is in bad times when we usually say, why me? What are you doing, God? Mm. We should learn to praise God in each situation, whether it's good or bad. If we praise during the good times, we'll be able to praise easier through mm. the bad times and praise is an act of faith. You praise God before he delivers you. You praise God before he does something. And it shows God that you trust him, that you believe in him and that you're willing to submit yourself to him because praise mm. is really submitting yourself to God. Mm. And that's what we should be doing. Just a, a quick look at Romans ten seventeen. And it says, so then faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. We read these stories in the Bible mm. and because they are true stories, we can believe them and have faith as well.
0: Mm. It's amazing how that, you know, through, through good and the bad, uh, we, can, we can praise God. And, you know, we look to Jesus and, and I recall the time with, with his suffering on the eve of his crucifixion that he was able to, to still sing. He was mm. still able to pray. And so these examples that we've looked at and and ultimately the example of Jesus.
1: And the martyrs.
0: Exactly. All throughout time, we've seen the importance of praising God. Rejoicing amid crucibles of suffering springs out of the realization that God is real and that he is good and he created us, that we belong to him and he loves us deeply, that God redeems us from the power of sin and of Satan, and that we with God will be victorious in this life. God is the source of praise by being who He is, our Creator and our Saviour, our King and our Father, our Judge and our Friend. He is awesome. And we encourage you to strengthen your faith by learning more about Him from the Bible, for who God is and what He has done. will bring praise to our lips constantly. Thank you for joining us on Let God Speak. Remember, all past programs plus teacher's notes are available on our website, Join us again next time, and God bless. You have been listening to Let God Speak, a production of 3ABN Australia Television. To catch up on past programs, please visit 3abnaustralia.org.au. Call us in Australia on 4973 3456 or email radio at 3abnaustralia.org.au we'd love to hear from you